You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. It sounds like when I meet a new girlfriend's parents for the first time, like <laughs> on my best behavior. That first impression, man, That, it, but it only lasts right? so long. <laughs> yeah, because then they realize, oh, he's hungover. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! Oh, yeah, and we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I really love what this week has on tap, man. Three Labor Day rematches, back to back to back. It doesn't get much better than that. But the kids are back to school this week. Uh, Judging on Brazilian Ty's opinions of children last week, uh, I think he's okay with that. But do you have any memories of uh, old school principles you used to have? Two, two distinct ones come to mind. A few distinct ones, okay. When we were in junior high, we ended up ordering like a pizza, it seemed, every week to our principal's house once we found his name in the phone book. Because we, we thought that was hilarious. So the principal was actually cool in junior high, Mr. Claire. It's the... Uh... I liked him because... <laughs> in junior his, high there was kid sort was of, a jerk in junior high there was it's the vice principal mr coleman that i had a problem with but <laughs> no 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 he had a problem with all of us because we were dicks okay that's true i liked mr claire because there there was a teacher strike uh in junior high with like extracurricular activities so at noon hour mm-hmm. and whatever Nothing was supervised, and when it was perfect. We were in school. This means tackle football <laughs> until somebody broke a bone. Well, then uh, my buddy, yeah, Jordan <laughs> broke a collarbone. Still to this day, one of the most disgusting things I've heard in my entire life. And oh. then Mr. Claire pulls me into the office. He's like, why do you guys got to play tackle football? He's like, why, why don't you just join the rugby team? I am on the rugby team. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not not after school right now, and we're not allowed to play rugby because there's no teachers to supervise it. (laughs) This is what happens. It's complete anarchy. (laughs) And then the other other memory I have was it would have been, oh, it would have been high school. It would have been grade 10 or 12. It would have been grade 10 when Clark MacArthur was on the world junior team and his mom was our principal. Yeah. And I was I was skipping class in the cafeteria, which is right across from the staff room. Not the smartest idea I've ever had. No, not at all. And so I was in line to get a Coke, weird, and a chocolate muffin. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And she, no, and she walks up and she's like, shouldn't you be in class, Tyrell? I'm like, uh, how's Clark doing at selection camp? And just totally flipped the script and she got all flustered and then started talking about Clark. It was yes! perfect. I never got in trouble. She's like, okay, well, ha- have a good rest of your spare. I was like, you got it, Mrs. MacArthur. That's and I went back brilliant. to the table and we played more cards. <laughs> yep. I know. And in here I am. Elementary school, we had a real old school guy named uh, Mr. Faber. And 
we were probably the the first generation where like teachers were not allowed to hit us. I don't know if they weren't yeah. allowed. He had a strap on the wall in the office, and I set uh, an all time record by uh, being in the office before O Canada. I I threw a real dirty blindside block. I would have been suspended two games in the CFL if I made that hit today. But then I just ended up in the office for five minutes before class. But <laughs> like in, in elementary school, my my principal was my grandpa's next door neighbor. Oh, so I got away with murder. Nice. Yeah, it was perfect. And he had a huge crush on my mom. <laughs> Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. We start off with Ottawa in BC. So the 6-4 and four Ottawa Red Blacks, first in the East, kind of stumbling as of late, lost to Montreal last week. BC... A three and one at home, though all of their losses have been at home. Fifth in the West, coming off a bye, really desperate for a win here. But I guess we should start maybe with some uh, Ottawa news uh, from practice this week. Julian Fioli Godino should be in the lineup uh, this Friday. Um, he was practicing with the first teamers this week and. Jonathan Rose was limping at practice. They had to switch uh, some of their secondary up on Wednesday. They're going to be without Kyrie Z. Bear. I kind of like BC's offense a little bit in this one. Ottawa banged up secondary, banged up defense, traveling across the country. But I, I think you're a fan of some Ottawa Red Blacks in this one as well. Uh, to a point, um, you know, th- their offense, like you said, is is struggling right now, so it is kind of hard to pick them, but William Powell seems to be a constant. Um, if, if he gets touches when you think he should get touches at 20.8 against BC, 15.7 overall, uh, and then Sinopoli, Spencer, Ellingson, they kind of have that three-headed monster uh, of receivers, and they all average over 15 points against BC, and, you know, that, that's all over their averages for uh, playing everybody else in the league, so there there is a chance there. Um, but like you said, with the travel across the country and and uh, all that stuff and the way they're playing right now, it, it's tread lightly. BC coming off the bye, but things don't seem to be uh, smooth sailing in Vancouver right now. They've got a little bit of drama here with Chris Rainey, and uh, he's basically been quoted as saying, I'm basically tired of this. Um, could he be traded? I guess the Lions have been shopping him. Now, there have been some injuries um, that have happened basically all in the last week. Kamar Jordan, Darrell Walker, Jalen Saunders. Uh, Walker is on the sixth game. Saunders probably done for the year. I would assume that the Ticats should be looking at Chris Rainey, but also the Eskimos as well. It really seems since Gizmo Williams retired, they have not had a return game at all in Edmonton. Um, I, I really don't think Rainey could end up there, but you got to think uh, the Eskimos should be trying at least. Yeah, like they they don't seem to win a lot of field position battles um, on kickoff and punt returns. Uh, playing with a lot of the long field, and I mean Mike Riley. Uh, when you when you get those long fields, it's easy to put up those bigger numbers. Um, he could be he he changes momentum in a lot of games when he does get touches. 
That being said, BC's not not giving him the amount of touches that you'd like to see, but he's still able to put up points because when he does get the ball, he does put up numbers. Yeah, and he has not been practicing with the offense this week, so maybe he's mm-hmm. been kind of benched as far as that goes. But he's 30 years old. He is a free agent at the end of the season, and he currently leads the CFL in combined yards this year. And I don't think we've mm-hmm. seen the best from him this year yet either. And he has had some weeks where uh, he scored over 20 points. Yeah. And, you know, as a backup running back and returner, you, you don't expect that that much, That showing just how good he is and the limited touches that he's got. Um, if this guy had a starting job, I think, I, or I would hope that, you know, that he could keep it up. Anthony Parker is now a BC Lion. Uh, long time coming. I thought he would get a job sooner than this, but he's back with the Lions, and he could be getting in the lineup pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. Manny Arsenault is not going to be playing this week, but he did actually say that he plans to hold off surgery until after the season and wants to get back on the field before the year is up. So Ricky Collins should get back into the lineup this week. Um, Solomon Elamimian is going to have that wrist reevaluated on Monday, and the Lions should have Micah Awi in the lineup this week. Do you like any BC Lions against Ottawa on Friday night? Uh, with Kyrie Zubair suspended again, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, you know, when you have you don't have that starting, uh, I don't know what you'd even call Kyrie Zubair, like a force, I guess. Um, you know, you're kind of scared to go up the middle. You're kind of scared to cut across the middle. Uh, Johnson could have a, have a decent night. Uh, he averages 20 points against Ottawa. Uh, you know, Burnham takes a little bit of a drop against Ottawa. Kevin Elliott seems to he seems to play really good at 17.9. Same with Ricky Collins. Um, but I mean, and Chris Rainey not getting the offensive touches. We think now uh, there is always a chance that he returns something. But I, I think Jeremiah Johnson would be about the only one I'd be really comfortable with this week. I think Johnson has always been really underrated in this league, and you have mm-hmm. to assume he's going to be getting the ball a lot. I would I would not argue with you if uh, you had him on your team. I've actually got Lule and Burnham, that connection right now, because you have to assume Burnham's going to be getting a lot of targets without uh, mm-hmm. Manny there, without Rainey getting anything. Um, if they could make and things... And probably a lot of... Probably a lot of attention from the the secondary, uh, but he's proven that he makes those catches in in the tough. Yeah, tough he areas. likes to make the tough catches. If he can get a touchdown this week, I think he can have a nice one. Who are you going to pick to win this one? I could see this one going either way. Uh, I'm taking BC. Uh, like you said, Ottawa coming across country. Uh, BC's only lost once at home this year, and uh, I think Lule is kind of starting to click with the offense a little more now. And you just. Th- don't know what you're going to get with Ottawa. They're just so inconsistent. Uh, that's the only consistent part of their game is how inconsistent they are. So I'm taking the Lions. Yeah, I take the Lions as well. They've played pretty good at home. They almost had the Riders uh, a couple weeks ago here, and that travel is a killer across this big, big, big country. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to take the Lions coming off the bye this week. We go to Hamilton. No, we go to Toronto, who is hosting Hamilton. But we start... With Hamilton news here, the Tiger Cats, they could go on a run here, and they're only right behind the Ottawa Red Blacks. So it's most must-win games for both Ottawa and Hamilton, but it's must-win for Toronto as well, as they're 3-7, third in the East. Now they're holding off 
it has to be considered uh, either Winnipeg, Edmonton, or Saskatchewan, and also the Montreal Alouettes, who are right on their tail all of a sudden. For Hamilton, Jalen Saunders done for the year. So it has to be all Banks and Tasker in this one. And when does Terrence Tolliver have another big game? He started the season nicely. Looked like that knee was doing okay. But he might have to pick up some slack here with uh, Saunders being done for the year. Mm-hmm. Well, and with Saunders being the designated import when he's in, uh, Tolliver doesn't seem to get as many snaps or as many looks. Uh, now with Saunders out, it is a chance for Tolliver to be a little more involved. Uh, we didn't see it that much on on Monday. Uh, he did have some some targets and a couple catches, but uh, with Banks and Tasker playing the way they are, uh, you'd think that secondaries are going to have to focus a lot on them, and it might open up stuff for Tolliver uh, on the other side of the field. you got to like Alex Green in this one since he's returned mm-hmm. to the lineup Oh, man, he has been an absolute touchdown machine. Um, He's putting up touchdowns in, what, every game since he's been in, right? Mm -hmm. So he came in August 3rd against Montreal, two touchdowns. Uh, Week 9 against Winnipeg, two touchdowns. 11 against Edmonton, a touchdown. Then you had last week against Toronto, two touchdowns. The guy's got seven touchdowns in four games. (laughs) Is that good or I don't know? That's good. <laughs> That's good. Okay, let's just checking, just checking. And his his last two games have been over a hundred yards. Oh yeah. Um, like so, those four games, like you said, nineteen point four, twenty two point two, twenty one point nine, twenty nine point three last week or on Monday. Um, it's the only game that he's played against Toronto, uh, so it's a little tough to get his average up. Uh, but uh, for Alex Green. It seems whenever he gets a touch, he makes something happen. Averages 17.9 when he's not playing Toronto. So he's still a really good pick uh, regardless of who he's playing right now. You can almost count on at least 15 points, I think, from Banks and Tasker mm-hmm. in this one. Tasker is almost $2,000 cheaper, so he's a bit easier to fit in your lineup. And Toronto's defense... They're just not getting it done. They're making big plays. I mean, 105-yard fumble returns here and there, but they could be without their leader on defense. Marcus Ball could miss this game with a leg injury. You saw what Hamilton did to them in the second half of the Labor Day Classic. That could spill over into this game. But the Argos, oh, I guess about... An hour before recording the show, announcing that they're signing Jeff Knox Jr., former Saskatchewan Rough Rider. I know Rider fans are going to miss Knox, but I, I really don't know if there's any room for him to play on that defense. So he's going to have himself uh, a bigger impact in Toronto. Knox and um, Bear Woods there. That's a pretty good uh, linebacking tandem for the Argos. Oh, for sure. And, you know, like you said, Marcus Ball out. They're going to need guys that can step in and, and pick up that slack. Um, we don't know how long Marcus Ball could be out, so, but when he does, if he does come back, they're still going to have that depth where they, they can rotate if they need to or if somebody goes down mid-game with Knox Jr. there now. Uh, that'll be huge. But, yeah, with, with any defense with Bear Woods, uh, it, you're not – like you're you're losing a lot with Marcus Ball because uh, he is good. We don't talk; they don't talk about him nearly enough. And they talked. I know they talked about that a lot 
on Monday about how he figures he's the best one and nobody talks about him. But he is good. You, you watch him, he is good. Um, you don't lose a lot of leadership because Bear Woods is going to step up in that role. Well, he already is in that role. Uh, so the leadership on the defense I don't think will be an issue, but just his playmaking ability and, and what he brings uh, as a playmaker to that defense will be a huge hole to fill. Now, Mark Tressman uh, talked about the possibility of Deron Carter playing this week, and he basically said, I can't say he will or he won't play. But then he had, I actually thought, some really nice things to say about Deron. And I quote, I'm extremely impressed with him and his actions, his demeanor, his words. I've talked to a number of players, and that's where I get my information relative to Deron. He's been great in the locker room, and I've been extremely impressed with him in the meetings. He's asked questions. Those questions have not by any intention been made to draw any attention to himself. They've been very well thought out and very on point, and that's been impressive. So we're basically getting the Deron Carter that we've gotten uh, a first couple of weeks into a new situation. <laughs> it sounds like when I meet a new girlfriend's parents for the first time, like <laughs> on my best behavior. That first impression, man. That, it, but it only lasts right? so long. <laughs> yeah, because then they realize, oh, he's hungover. <laughs> you're way more polite when you're hungover. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't say much. Usually just look at the ground. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, like w- I wouldn't expect any less coming from from Argos from the Argos right now with with a new player in there. Carter's going to be on his best behavior until he doesn't get a until he doesn't get a ball thrown his way when he thinks he's open. He's going to throw another hissy fit like we saw him do in Edmonton. He's going to do something stupid. That locker room will become divided again, and he'll be he'll be gone in eighteen months. You're a betting man. So, yeah. uh, is he going to play this week? What are you betting on? I think he will. The smart choice is that he shouldn't. First but, game would be what, next week against the Riders? Yeah. So maybe maybe you want to get him in now so his first game isn't against, against one of his former teams. Um, that being said, you don't have a lot of playmaking options on offense in Toronto. Like you have SJ Green and James Waller Jr. You know, Armani Edwards puts up decent numbers against Hamilton. Uh, but if you can get another play playmaker in there, probably not a bad idea if you're Mark Trussman. Yeah, after this week, the Argos do have a bye. So they would be able to get Duran even more ready for mm-hmm. that first game against uh, the Riders, which would be at BMO Field on the 22nd. Normally, don't get excited for... Argos and Ryder games, really. Uh, (laughs) That's a good Grey Cup matchup. Reggie Slack versus Doug Flutie. Whoever thought that the Riders had a shot in that one, that was clear. Hey, Trooper played the halftime show of that Grey Cup as well, so that's a good good little tidbit for (laughs) you. They probably probably also played the Lloyd Fair that year. They're at the Lloyd Fair every year. They were, no, they're not there every year. It's like every other year. Okay. But I, I've never had a bad time at a Trooper show. No. You like, can't. It, no, it's impossible. Check your pulse if you had a bad time at a Trooper <laughs> show. Trooper and Lloyd is like Chilliwack in in Manitoba. Like they're, they're just always there. <laughs> I love me some Chilliwack too, man. <laughs> I didn't go to the concert, though. Ah, They played Ryderville at the Grey Cup in... Uh, 
2011, I don't remember. I don't remember much of that. <laughs> we'll not go there. Uh, <laughs> Toronto, do you like any of the offensive guys? It's getting really hard to trust any of them. Uh, if I told you that Armani Edwards was their highest average against Hamilton, would you believe me? Well, I assume you're not lying, so I guess well, I Well, I have been known to, but 15.6 <laughs> points per game against Hamilton. S.J. Green at 13.2. Uh, James Wilder averages 6.5. Uh, Hamilton's defense is really good. Uh, I I just don't think that, with especially with uh, Macbeth back there, that the offense just doesn't seem to be where it could be, and they they don't they don't have the playmakers right now. Wilder had 47 yards last um, uh, week against Hamilton. He had 29 a couple of weeks ago against Montreal. His yards per mm-hmm. carry average this season. 3.9, and uh, this is a guy that held out in the offseason wanting more money, yeah. wanting to go to the NFL. He's not really delivering this season. He did at the end of last year, but teams, uh, once they're keying in mm-hmm. on him and getting used to him, it's not really getting it done. No, once you get film on a guy, you find out ways to stop him. Um, I, I, under, I understand him holding out. You know, he had an unreal year. uh Maybe he had opportunities down south, and maybe he'd be back by now, right? So there is that, but you know, maybe wanting to take that opportunity, I get. Um, but you you knew coming in that you couldn't break that contract, so I don't know what you were expecting. Um, you know, us crapping on this Toronto offense right now with all their players. These guys are going to go off this week now. You know that, right? I know that's exactly like, what it means. SJ's He's going to have going to have 150 yards and two TDs. <laughs> And I'm just gonna have to eat crow on it. Yeah, what's that's the player that you think's gonna suck, and then uh, just lights it up. Um, uh, no, I think Zach Kalaros is gonna suck because he, <laughs> he has done nothing but suck this year. Hey, he's winning. Have you seen his stats? I have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll just leave it there then. Hey, I think it's the best thing they've got in Regina. <laughs> well, yeah, because the Pats are going to suck now. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. After, after a team hosts a Memorial Cup, they just go downhill. Yeah, that's Ask true. Saskatoon. <laughs> okay, I've got, I've got the Ticats in this one. You? Me, yeah, me too. Offense is clicking, and they score a lot of points on the road while Toronto gives up a crap load at home. All right. Before we get to the Banjo Bowl and the Labor Day rematch in Edmonton, saying thank you to ATB Financial. I know uh, you did mention the camps uh, or the Pats. Uh, camps are underway uh, across the WHL. Hockey season is, I would say, basically here. This weekend, I'll be at uh, Red Deer College doing some announcing for the RDC Kings and Queens. So hockey is here, and ATB sponsors hockey from grassroots to pro tournaments, clinics. Uh, They host clients and their families at VIP events with NHL players and alumni. So they are big supporters and sponsors, really, really big in in hockey, whether it's Tom Thumb or Peeway. Brazilian tie, you were an assistant coach, which I can't believe you were. Sponsors are a big thing, aren't they? (laughs) 
Huge. Uh, every, every player on our team had to have a sponsor on their jersey, uh, whether it was their parents' company or who their parents worked for. Um, you know, it, ho- minor hockey in almost any community isn't going to survive without the sponsorships. Uh, ice time, equipment, so expensive. Uh, coaches, I mean, we didn't get paid, but, uh, you know, we still need to be able to, uh, you know, ice t- well, ice time we didn't have to pay for, but, you know, travel and, and oh, yeah. buses and all that stuff, we get all that covered. So uh, without sponsorships, a lot of that wouldn't be possible. It's an expensive sport, and ATB Financial supports hockey mm-hmm. across Alberta. So atb.com slash hockey. That's atb.com slash hockey. We go to the Banjo Bowl. It's the 15th anniversary of the very first one where Troy Westwood called the people from Regina Banjo playing in breads. Which is the guy with the Billy Ray Cyrus rat tail <laughs> called us banjo picking inbreds. Oh, I'm going to leave that one there for a while. Don't throw stones in glass houses, Westwood. But that's 15 <laughs> years ago. Um, that being said, I do love Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Come on, Kate. Brazilian tie. If I know you, I know that you like some Billy Ray Cyrus deep cuts. So, uh, other than achy, breaky heart, what do you love? Could have been me. Some gave all. Um, I had a po- I had a rat tail in kindergarten because of Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, I had myself uh, a mullet in uh, I don't know before before kindergarten. I had a little rat tail from the hairdresser once when I was in kindergarten. I went home. Oh, I had it. I had it in my school picture. Oh, you did. Oh yeah, I'll find it. I'll tweet it out when I get. This, I won't be able to tweet anything till November. But when I go home and I go to mom and dad's, I'll find that school picture. Damn, we could have posted I, some pr- two and out back to school pictures. Oh yeah, because my Facebook feed wasn't inundated with that enough. <laughs> my, I get it. I get it. Your kids are going back to school. I I don't care. I don't need to see what they're wearing. My kindergarten picture is me with rug burn on, on my nose because is, it, I, is that the Patrick babysitter? Beat you up? <laughs> Oh. I was no, I was at the babysitter, and I was playing catch by myself. You know, throwing the ball up in the air and catching it. And I was an only child. I know that game well. <laughs> so, one of the throws that I threw in the air went a little bit over the baby gate, over the stairs. So I went for the diving <laughs> catch and skidded down the stairs on my face. And you this know, is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> You know your bottom lip? Um, when you kind of pull it out, there's that little string inside your mouth that connects the lip to your gums. Like, between, like that goes like right straight down below your front two teeth? Yeah. Please tell me you ripped that open. I did. Unreal. Was there blood everywhere? No, but because my lip ah. like dragged under my face. So I had this crazy rug burn on my face for the kindergarten picture. I could not eat. <laughs> oh, it was so painful. Like, do not injure whatever that body part is called. Well, grade one, we watched Dumb and Dumber, like my my me and my mom. And so the next day at school, I stuck my tongue to the door handle. <laughs> and it does not go that long as it did in the movie. <laughs> you just ripped it I off? Was, I, no. One of the girls, because it was after school, I was literally stuck there for like 20 minutes. 
Um, <laughs> one of the girls that got detention, one of the girls had detention, she came out that same, or the door beside me, she's like, oh my God. And she went in and got a teacher and the teacher poured hot water on it. And I went to my grandpa's and all I could eat was like soup and like maybe a pierogi. But <laughs> when he was making me soup, all he could do was, he could, he literally laughed for two straight hours at me <laughs> while my mom was at work. Yeah, I had my tongue stuck to a popsicle once. The popsicles were stored in uh, dry ice. A freezer, probably. Oh, uh, it did not hurt. <laughs> yeah, freezer. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've killed enough time. Banjo bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're right. The prep sheet says two teams in opposite directions, but. The Bombers have won three straight Banjo Bulls. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, Matt Nichols' first start as a Bomber was the Banjo Bowl three years ago, and he has not lost a Banjo Bowl. But in this game, this season, the Riders' three-game win streak here, all against West Division teams, the Bombers have lost three straight and have struggled against the West this year. They're only one and four inside the West. We start on the Riders' side of things. And things seem to be going almost all too smooth in Regina. Uh, Kyron Moore makes his CFL yeah. debut last week, has a return touchdown. He's $2,500. If you want to go that direction again, he was getting targets last week. I cannot fault that at all. Um, Shaq Evans, if he would stop dropping some of the easy passes He could be a nice option in the rider offense. But the only reliable picks, uh, if you want big points and big upside, probably naming Roosevelt and Marcus Thigpen. Yeah, uh, they tend to play really well against Winnipeg. Uh, Roosevelt, just under 20 points. Marcus Thigpen, 18 and a half. Um, They've proven that they, they put up the numbers. Um, you know, Thigpen's average is only 12.1 against the rest of the league, so it, it's kind of a little bit of a a, a reach. Uh, but the way Winnipeg's playing right now, I any, any one of those two, Kyron Moore uh, played really well last week. If he can do it again, Jordan Williams-Lambert, you know, he could be good for 10 or 15. Like, Winnipeg just doesn't look like a good football team right now. They seem a little out of sync. That being said... This is a game that the Bombers should be... If they can't get up for this game, then I I really don't know what's going to happen there. Jamarcus Hardrick is coming off the six-game injured list. His replacement, Fochetti, goes on the six-game injured list. We don't know if Hardrick is going to play in this game, but it has to be a good sign that uh, they're getting really close there. It's very possible that Weston Dressler... Could be playing in this one. That would really help out Darvin Adams, uh, Nick Dembski, and basically anybody on that Winnipeg offense here. The game is sold out. It's going to be tough on the Ryder offense because it is the loudest stadium in the CFL. I really don't care who you ask there. It is incredible and mostly to do, I think, with how the stadium is built, but Bomber fans just bring mm-hmm. it, I think, more than anybody else in the league. Um, I, I was going to say, do you trust any Bombers on offense here? But what Andrew Harris did last week, um, putting up over <laughs> 150 rush yards on the rider rush defense, can you repeat that performance? Um, at I think it's dependent on whether or not Wes and Dresser's in the lineup. 
Okay, okay. Uh, they're not they're not going to be able to like not necessarily sell out to stop the run because um, they they know last week they have they have to make changes they have to fix that. Um, if Dresser's in there, it's going to take it. You're you're not going to be able to load the box because there's just too many targets for Matt Nichols. Um, so I think if Dresser pays, Harris could have a big game again. Uh, if Dresser isn't in that lineup, I mean you can. And cover Darvin Adams and kind of keep a guy on Nick Dembski and you're able to kind of maybe keep an extra linebacker or an extra defensive half in there to, to to try to plug up a hole for Andrew Harris. But that being said, he can run over any defensive player in this league, so it might not matter. Who are you picking to win? Every fiber of my body tells me Winnipeg's going to win this game because they win the Banjo Bowl. It's really hard to sweep. Uh, but the way they played last week and the way Saskatchewan's defense is playing right now, i got to take the Riders. i got to give that home field advantage to the Bombers here. and I'm uh... which, is, which is why they're three-point favorites. <laughs> I'm going to mark it down for Winnipeg. And I assume Nichols is starting. If he does not win this one, then, ooh, there's going to be... Uh, uh, a lot of calls for change in Winnipeg, is, and it starts with the quarterback position, but I'm going to pick Bombers in this one. Then we go to Commonwealth Stadium Saturday night, the last third of that triple header, which, by the way, I know a lot of people are probably going to complain because complaining is the thing to do about a triple header yep. and everything being all on the I'm, Saturday. I'm going to I'm going to complain because I work Saturdays. Yeah. PVR, that's what it's for, man. I, you know, I'm not. Gonna... I'm not at home though, but every game is on serious, so I'm just going to do that. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and complain because the schedule doesn't cater to my needs. I will be at the Eskimo game. I do have to drive two hours uh, to get to it, so it's pretty hard. And I do work that morning, so it is pretty hard for me to watch all three games. But you better believe I'll be watching uh, both of them probably. The, the next morning, um, we'll start with Calgary. They are three-point favorites here. And you know what? Every single game, as far as the odds go, the biggest spread is uh, Hamilton, five-point favorites over the Argos. So <laughs> every game is uh, really, really close as far as betting goes um, uh, this week. Calgary still waiting on the official time frame for Kamar Jordan's injury. But according to Dave Dickinson, and judging by what he's been saying, I don't think it really looks good. Um, he's going to miss some time. I don't know if he's going to be back this season, uh, but you got to assume he's going to be missing a couple games because he actually spent some time in the hospital. They wanted to make sure there were no damage to his arteries in uh, the area, but mm-hmm. apparently things are good on that front. Uh, as far as Calgary's running game goes, Don Jackson was in a boot at Wednesday's practice. Dave Dickinson says it's an ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain, but definitely an ankle sprain. He is hoping Don Jackson is a fast healer. Bo Levi was practicing Wednesday with a knee brace. So you have to assume his mobility is going to be hurting him a little bit this week against Edmonton. He wasn't able to do much um, after the injury in the Labor Day Classic, but Edmonton wasn't able to take advantage either. You have to assume, no, or at least I would like to think that Mike Benavides 
would send some pressure at Bo and really test that knee in this one. But it it's tough to get to him because he he, he releases that ball so so fast. So you got to assume the Stampeders are going to be ready and game planning for that uh, coming from Edmonton's defense as well. So all of this being said. Uh, do you like any Calgary offensive players? I really am a fan of Devaris Daniels. If I'm going to go for a Stamps receiver, that's who I'm going to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, when Don Jackson has missed, uh, Romar Morris has been listed as the starter for the Stampeders, but when he's been in there, he hasn't really done all that much. Terry Williams, however, he put up almost 150 all-purpose yards last week. Um, I might be throwing him in my lineup. As a cheap option in your flex or as, as your second running back, absolutely. And uh, you know, running like you back said, options Devaris this De- week are tough. Yeah, and well, la- and last week was a crapshoot. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 last week was really tough uh, for me anyway. Uh, everybody else in our group seemed to do real well, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Devaris Daniels would be, be the receiver that I'd be keying on. Uh, if you're looking for a fantasy option on this Calgary offense, uh, Don Jackson, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Kamar Jordan obviously not playing. Uh, Mark and Michelle hasn't been putting up numbers. Uh, I mean, Jawan Breskinson hasn't really been putting up a lot of numbers. Like We haven't seen these guys play a lot. Uh, Devaras, we know what we're going to get. He averages 17.1 against Edmonton. Just under or just over fourteen uh, against the league as a whole, so that's that's not a bad pick. Um, Bo Levi seventeen point three. We saw what he did with the knee brace there last week, um, and this this Eskimos defense is prone to giving up yards, which could be which could be a good thing for Bo Levi Mitchell. But at the same time, they might be coming after him, and he might not get the time uh, that he usually gets behind that offensive line. All right, let's go to the Edmonton side of things here. No Darrell Walker. Um, he has been added to the six-game injured list. They do expect to have him back before the end of the season. So that means Bryant Mitchell should slot back into the lineup. And he had a big game a few weeks ago when they put him into the lineup. And this is good on a lot of fronts because Vidal Hazelton is a veteran in this league, but he has been struggling for the Eskimos when they've had him in there. So they do need another weapon here. And Bryant Mitchell, uh, when he came in uh, against Montreal in Week 10, he had seven catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. If the (laughs) Eskimos want to win this game, if they want to take pressure off of Duke Williams, they're going to need another big game from Bryant Mitchell, I think. For sure. You can't win with just one uh, keying in on one receiver unless you know he only catches two passes and then that's how he gets all of his yards um it's really tough in this league because they'll find a way to stop you um you know you need, you need another one or two uh you know if Fidel or Kenny Stafford can be can be another option uh added in with Bryant Mitchell would be huge and you know if you can run the ball uh, it makes it a lot easier to throw the ball so CJ Gable will need to be a big part of that offense as well yeah there was some fun stuff Going on with C.J. Gable basically saying uh, the team screwed themselves and and he felt like it was his fault for a big fumble in the second half. And then Bo Levi shoots back saying, hey, give our defense some credit for forcing those turnovers. So I really thought it was a reach when it came to, uh, you know, bulletin board material. But I would like to see Bo get back on Twitter and firing it back at trolls again because that was really fun. I, I think Bo will join back up. If he wins a Grey Cup, 
I, Another I, one. I was just going to say, if he wins a Grey Cup, he'll probably get back on Twitter. Yeah, the day after. <laughs> and then he can change it to he can change his bio to like only Calgary starting quarterback to win two Grey Cups, which is insane when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. The, Jeff crazy. Garcia to Doug Flutie to all these guys that have been uh, quarterback in Calgary. None of them have won two. That blows my mind. Hank the Shank. <laughs> yeah, Hank. Hey, but he got he saved like four franchises, and you know what? When uh, the Schooners come into the league, he'll make it five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't save. He turned around the franchise. <laughs> Who are you going to pick in this one? Uh, I got to take Calgary. Edmonton kept it closer than expected on Monday, uh, but just the way they ended with the with those last four drives with the three turnovers, uh, I, I just think that momentum carries over for Calgary. I don't like to think momentum carries over week to week, but uh, I think Calgary figured something out there late in the game. I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the Eskimos in this one. And if you're listening to this show and you're 17 or younger and you live in the Edmonton area, you really don't have an excuse not to go to the game. Free tickets. You can go online and get them, um, but you got to pay an order processing fee of 4 bucks or something. If you go to Commonwealth Stadium, they will literally give you free tickets. Now, I know there's a chance of rain on Saturday. Hopefully that changes, but let's uh, let's get 40K at Commonwealth Stadium. And you know what, Stampeder fans? It's only two, two and a half hours for you. So get your ass up the QE2 drive-by Red Deer and get to Commonwealth Stadium. Let's have a nice maybe, little party. Maybe pick Travis up, then he can save money on gas. Yeah, pick me up, and uh, I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> but I'm going to go uh, with the Eskimos here. It's time for Mike Riley to start having some success against the Stampeders because there has not been much of that uh, really no. at all in his career. I know the West Final in 2015, that was kind of a, a perfect storm there with the Eskimos really giving it to the Stampeders to go win that Grey Cup in Winnipeg uh, against Ottawa. But Riley really needs to put the team on his back to beat these Stampeders and really keep that fight going with uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for that home playoff mm-hmm. game in the West. And you know what? If the Bombers beat the Riders, then they're right back into that home playoff game mix as well. It's going to be a fun final few weeks of this season, man. And the way they set up the schedule now, with it being so backloaded with division games, yeah. every game is going to matter coming down the stretch. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, what's your fantasy team look like? Uh, I'm going Marcus Sigpen, Alex Green, Luke Tasker, Naaman Roosevelt, Armani Edwards because I needed a cheap option and figured I couldn't just load up on two teams. Uh, and the Tiger Cats defense. And for the fourth week in a row, <laughs> God, I'm taking Zach Claros. Because oh, he's man, cheap. I can't believe you're doing it again. Dwayne Burke um, tweets us, and <laughs> he wants to know if you're taking Caleros because he wants to do the exact opposite of you. So are you locking it in right now? Zach Caleros is on your it, team. I I am not looking at my roster until, un, until the game starts on Friday. And I can follow along and view my results, but I'm not making any changes. All right, buddy. How much money you got left again? 
like just over a hundred bucks. Okay, I think, or one hundred and seventy-seven or something. Okay, so here's my lineup: Travis Lule, Terry Williams, Alex Green, Brian Burnham, Bryant Mitchell, Luke Tasker. The Eskimos defense, yeah, I'm all in on the Eskimos this week, man. Holy. And I've got $53 left. See, I told you you'd change it because I know. you had too much I, money left when you sent me your first one. I'm going to have to step away from the phone here. I'm going to have to step away from any electronic device that can access cflfantasy.tsn.ca because I think I have made uh, a good line. A huge I, Oh, I was going to say a huge, tiny mistake. <laughs> I should be able to uh, improve on last week, as long as I have no big, fat zeros like last week, because that hurt me. No, I'm glad you did, because you're, you didn't pass me by much. Oh, man, it's getting real tight between you and me. If you want to play fantasy with us, cflfantasy.tsn.ca, and pick them as well, pick'em.cfl. .ca and join the two and out groups. You should be able to find us on there. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Some new shows joining the fold this time around. And if you're in Alberta, you got two elections to look forward to next year. We got the provincial, we got the federal coming up in the fall as well. <laughs> Not telling you who to vote for, but if you want to get uh, involved and uh, listen to some of these awesome uh, shows, albertapodcastnetwork.com, there are some uh, politics and social issues shows as well that should get you up to date for that uh, election, uh, elections coming up next year. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but you should vote. Can't be any worse than it was last time, can it? <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be a fun next year. So, <laughs> holy crap, what just happened? Dude, when I get sick, I sound like I've been smoking three packs a day for 30 like that, years. That's how I That's how I sounded when I read what the U.S. The United States lineup was for the Ryder Cup. I almost threw up because I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not watching that. <laughs> All right, man. Just do it. Whether you like Colin Kaepernick or not, just do it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna make a Nike reference, but I figured, nah, that'd be in poor taste. <laughs> but apparently, uh, you, you took care of that. If so. you're gonna burn your Nike shoes, just a PSA: take your feet out first. That, or instead of burning them, maybe donate them to you know some veterans that can't afford new shoes or the, the homeless. Because you got, you're being stupid. You, my Nike already has your money. They don't care what you do with the product afterwards. I can't afford two hundred dollar pair of shoes. So, well, <laughs> I can't. I can afford it. I can't justify it. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We will be talking to you on Monday. Have good. Have fun for the rematches this weekend. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.